So the college football playoff rankings are out. Where's Penn State? You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I am Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me today on this edition of Locked on Nittany Lions. The college football playoff rankings were released yesterday. We're going to get into all of that from the top four teams to the ones that are fringe playoff contenders all the way down to the bottom five. Also in this episode of Locked on Nittany Lions, we will do a stock up or stock down. Stock up, stock down. Which players, which Penn State position groups should you be buying into or should you be selling them after the Ohio State game? And then we'll finish up reacting to the James Franklin press conference. And as you can imagine, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it or watch it, James Franklin was asked about a certain five-star quarterback. I bet you have no idea who that was. And we'll react to it. I mean, if I'm being honest, the press conference, 90% of it anyway, was about two players. Drew and... Olu Fashionu, if you can believe it. The offensive lineman, the Penn State media, was uh, especially interested in what James Franklin had to say about Olu. And I mean, Olu's gaining some national attention now, so why not? So let's jump into the rankings, shall we? The top four were released first. Well, the top six, that is, but only four get in. Uh, and that is Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson in that order. Then Michigan and Alabama were ranked five and six. Personally, I would put Michigan at number four over Clemson, but you compare the non-conference schedules from both of the teams, and they're just bad. They played two preseasons, uh, each of them, each of Clemson and Michigan. Uh, Alabama has the one loss. TCU is seventh. Oregon is eighth. USC and LSU are nine and ten. And then... Ole Miss, UCLA, Kansas State, Utah, before we get to Penn State at 15. And then after that, I, I like this because the AP actually ranked Illinois above Penn State at 14. Illinois is actually below Penn State in the college football playoff rankings. North Carolina, Oklahoma State, Tulane, Syracuse are 16 through 20. And then the last five, Wake Forest, NC State, Oregon State, Texas, and UCF. So there's your college football playoff top 25 for Penn state. That's a, it's a good spot that that's right where they should be They're They're right in the middle. Uh, they're not a bottom top 25 team, but they're also not at the top since they have been uh, beaten handedly by two college football playoff contenders. And for Penn state, you have to be feeling pretty good because a lot of people were saying you're seven and five. This is an eight and four team at best. And realistically, they could finish 10 and two on the season. And 
possibly get into a New Year's Six Bowl. That's the best case scenario, but it's also a realistic scenario. Uh, other than Maryland, that's kind of a toss-up game since they're both both teams should be seven and two entering next week. Find me a game where Penn State's going to be an underdog. It's not going to be Indiana. We already know that they're fourteen-point favorites going into this weekend. It's also uh, Penn State will be also favored against Rutgers. Not going to be an underdog against Rutgers, and they're certainly not going to be underdogs against Michigan State with everything that's going on uh, with Spartans. I mean, my goodness, legal troubles. Uh, Mel Tucker's kingdom is coming down right after one year, and he agreed to that big 10-year extension. He fleeced Michigan State for all the money that they had, besides the point. It's besides the point. Uh, but Penn State at 15, I, I love this spot for them. Uh, it, it works out nicely, and they're only going to go up. If they win four games in a row, they should honestly finish in the top 10, and then that will all but guarantee them a New Year's Six spot. So the college football playoff rankings, uh, I actually don't have any issue with them other than the fact that Michigan should be fourth and uh, Clemson should be fifth. That's just my opinion. Uh, I do tend to root for the Big Ten when it comes to the college football playoff or any of the other bowls, uh, even against the likes of Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, yeah, sure, I hate them when they play Penn State head-to-head, uh, but I will gladly root for them because they are fellow Big Ten teams, and that's more street cred, that's more clout for Penn State if the rest of the conference does well. So Illinois being in there, too, uh, is good to see because the Big Ten West is just atrocious, uh, but Illinois is making them look a little better uh, at this point in time. Fair ranking, Penn State should finish 10-2 and two and should be able to jump up from that spot, so I, I'm going to enjoy looking at the college football playoff rankings week to week. Okay, brief segment to open up. The second one is going to be one of our longer ones. It's going to be stock up or stock down. Uh, the Each position group for Penn State, and it's going to be a little bit of rapid fire because we got to go through everything. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching, stock up or stock down as we're through the middle of the week here leading up to Indiana. I always try to do this, a progress report for each team. This time we're going to do stock up, stock down, and that's next on this edition of Locked on Nittany Lions. Today's episode of Locked on Nittany Lions is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check, the, check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's Locked On Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Seiko. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. 
Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, wherever, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this show is also now available on YouTube. Search up Locked On Nittany Lions. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell for notifications when new episodes are released. And stay up to date with the channel. Of course, you can always take it on the go with wherever you get your podcasts. And I do uh, very much enjoy being on video now so that you can see the visual portion of the podcast. Stock up, stock down, our second segment before we uh, give a reaction to James Franklin's weekly press conference, which I'm surprised that it went as long as it did, uh, given that Penn State did lose to Ohio State. But also, uh, there is the fact that James Franklin was asked a lot of questions about Drew Aller and had to go into detail as such. All right, stock up, stock down for each position group for Penn State, including the coaching staff. All right. And this is going to be a little bit rapid fire because we got to get through all the positions, all the all the units and the coaching staff as well. Stock up for quarterback, stock down. For me it's going to be stock up. Sean Clifford, uh, yeah, he had the four turnovers, but this is kind of a look ahead type of thing. I do anticipate that we are going to see more Drew Aller, and that's a stock-up situation. You know, That's just kind of better for everybody. Uh, I fully anticipate that Sean Clifford is going to start from here on out the remainder of the season, but we are going to get uh, a heavy dose of Drew Aller, uh, whether that's 50-50 snaps or 75-25. There is going to be a concerted effort to get Drew Aller in the game, and that's a stock-up for Penn State quarterbacks. Uh, and if you can even get some experience for Christian Bayer, I, I I will go off on a little bit of a tangent here. I don't expect Bayer to be in the quarterback room come next season because he and Drew Aller are on the same timeline right now for college football in their careers. Uh, so Bayer, yeah, it, it'll be nice for him, but it's uh, that would strictly be to build tape. Uh, Bo Prabula is going to be the number two quarterback behind Drew Aller next year. You can mark that on this podcast and any check out the previous episodes that I've done where I've gone on these uh, progress reports. Quarterback, I say stock up because you get more playing time for Drew Aller. Stock up for the running backs as well. Uh, Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen continue to get better. Uh, Allen has been the better running back as of late. But Nicholas Singleton, even though he isn't having the home run type of plays that we've seen against Ohio, that we saw against Auburn, he is getting better at things that he's actually struggled with. Running in between the tackles, that's still an issue for him, but he's done so much better at, at getting yards, being patient, and he's not just trying to hit the fifth gear as soon as he touches the football. So that's a stock up in this, that regard. And the fact that Catron Allen seems like he's getting better. He looks faster. He looks more comfortable with the college football game. It's not too quick for him. So I like that both running backs are improving where they've needed to improve, uh, even though they've struggled against the light. And that's, and that's a good Ohio state defense. And the fact that Catron Allen had 12 carries 76 yards and a rushing touchdown speaks volumes. Uh, Kevon Lee, it was he was injured. James Franklin said that in his weekly press conference yesterday. So that means that he has not left the program despite what everyone tried to stoke, the flames, the rumors, what have you. Kevon Lee is still a part of the team, and he sounds like he's going to be ready to go, and he's trending towards playing against Indiana. That makes the running back room uh, a stock up. For wide receivers, stock up big time. Uh, finally, we had a game where the Penn State wide receivers, particularly 
part of Washington, uh, was able to take over. But you had so many different people involved in the passing game. So maybe this is more of the passing game as a whole. Uh, Amari Evans is seeing more time on the field. So you're seeing more than just one guy get involved in the action, even though it was skewed a lot towards Parker Washington. But that's what I've been personally waiting for, is for that one receiver to just take over a game. And he did against Ohio State. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley, even though he wasn't as involved against the Buckeyes, is still a complimentary target. And Keandre Lambert-Smith is back. So the wide receiver group uh, to the moon for Penn State. Uh, for the tight end room, stock down, if I'm being honest, after the Ohio State game. Look, Bretton Strange looked like he was shaken up at the end of the game, took that hard hit to the ribs, uh, had one catch in that game, even though he was very effective in the blocking schemes and, and just absolutely mowing down Ohio State defenders. I, I guess this is just a bias because I want to see them all involved in the passing game. But based on what we saw in the Minnesota game where Theo Johnson led the team in receiving and Tyler Warren was a factor as well, had a touchdown, you just didn't get that same kind of presence. And I get that. It's Ohio State. They're a better defense. But uh, Strange, Johnson, and Warren, it just felt like they – so it's a, it's a slight stock down, maybe not as much as uh, I would lead you to believe – but the stock down for me personally, offensive line, uh, stock up on the left side, stock down on the right side. Caden Wallace needs to come back as soon as possible. Uh, Bryce Effner just really struggled against Ohio State, particularly when JTT, JT Tui Moluau uh, came into the game and just absolutely disrupted everything off of that front side pressure towards Sean Clifford. So if you can get Caden Wallace back from injury, uh, Landon Tangwall to get some depth in as well, because I thought Hunter Norzad uh, played extremely well against Ohio State. So that's what I mean. The left side uh, stock up, the right side stock down. To the defensive line, stock down for the defensive line as well. I thought this group would be so much better, uh, and, and they just kind of continue to struggle when it comes to pass rush. Uh, they've been fairly good in run defense, but when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback, it's almost non-existent. This is another game where a Penn State defensive lineman has not registered a sack. It feels like they haven't had serious pressure since Central Michigan. Uh, when Manny Diaz is getting blitzes, that is the only time you're seeing pressure against an opposing quarterback. The defensive line had no pressure. They were not getting anywhere near C.J. Stroud unless Manny Diaz was sending a linebacker, a cornerback, and that's who was getting the sacks. Johnny Dixon, Abdul Carter, they were the ones that got sacks against Ohio State on Saturday. I, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on with the defensive line. The talent is there uh, just individually. I don't I don't think Chop Robinson's had a sack since Auburn. Like it's been a long time. Chop Robinson hasn't had a sack in a while. Nick Tarburton hasn't had a sack since Northwestern. I don't think Adiza Isaacs had a sack since Auburn. That's all the way back to week three. So uh, this Penn State defensive line stocked down for me because without Manny Diaz's blitzes, they are not getting home on their own. Uh, for linebacker, it's status quo, uh, neither stock up or stock down. If I had to take one side here, I would say stock up because Abdul Carter is in the game regularly now. He is officially a starter. That just means the linebacking core is better. Uh, I didn't think they had their best performance against Ohio State. They had a really good performance against Minnesota, but if we're going on a week-to-week, -week, so what's my stock based on the transition from Minnesota to Ohio State? Technically, it's stocked down because we didn't see 
Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter combined for 22 tackles. Okay. I mean, that's hard to duplicate, right? Uh, so seeing Abdul Carter on the field more often now that he's officially a starter makes this group so much better with him being the off ball linebacker and Curtis Jacobs being the on ball linebacker. That's just a stock up in general for the rest of the season. This linebacking core, whether it's Elsden and King in the middle, and then those two on each end uh, is really good and should have been the way it was all season long. But he was a true freshman. It took some time to get Abdul Carter situated, but now you see why he was given number 11, uh, because he is that good. As for the defensive backs, that's cornerbacks and safeties. Uh, same uh, stock up or stock down. Y you did allow a fair amount of passing yards against Ohio State. Now, this is a whole team effort. I, I criticize the defensive line accordingly, uh, but for the secondary, I say the same. I would guess, say, stock down. Uh, they had such an easy time against Minnesota because Minnesota doesn't have any weapons. They don't have any good receivers that could contend with uh, Penn State. This was the toughest test. I feel like they answered the call individually. Joey Porter Jr., Kalen King did fairly well against Ohio State's wide receivers. Like Kalen King was flying all over the football field on those bubble screens. He would just come in and break up the play. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. was reliable in coverage as always, but Marquise Wilson, Johnny Dixon, uh, Keaton Ellis just didn't do as well when they were asked to rise to the occasion in that game. And that, and that is tough to do. Those are some really good Ohio State wide receivers. Schematically, Ohio State was able to move those guys around to get more favorable matchups. And that's, that's why you saw them struggle in situations they weren't com comfortable in. So Ohio State's offensive coaching, kudos to putting those guys in the right spots to target it. And I don't want to give them that much credit, but uh, they got favorable matchups when you put Marvin Harrison Jr. on the likes of Keaton Ellis. Uh, for special teams, stock down and way down. Uh, for Penn State, the special teams stinks. You had penalties uh, on kickoff. You had penalties on field goal. You had Jake Pinnegar miss two easy field goals. He got a practice chance, and then he got to do it again, and he missed them both times. That was part of the reason that Penn State went for it on fourth down, because it was fourth and one, right? It was fourth and one. They brought out Pinnegar. He missed it. There was a flag that marked off five yards because it was a false start or delay a game or something. Then he kicked it again. And he missed it again, but there was a penalty against Ohio State. And then he's right there at fourth and one again. He already missed it the first time. You missed it on the do-over. Let's just bring the offense back out there because we can't trust you inside of 40. I, that doesn't make me feel super confident in Jake Pinnegar moving forward. Uh, it's a big spot, but it's not like that's a kick he's never been asked to make before. Uh, Barney Amore, I... It, it's still because of the fact that he put such a good string of performances together against Purdue, against Ohio, against Auburn. He was getting national recognition, but he doesn't look the same. Don't know if maybe there's an injury involved or, or whatever. Maybe he's overthinking it, but he hasn't put together the same type of performance uh, that he had through the first three weeks. So that is a stock down there. And for kickoff, kick return, uh, Jake Penninger seems to be the guy on kickoffs now. That's fine. Even though he had a kick out of the out of the uh, uh, end line, he, he kicked it out of bounds, and that was a penalty in the game. Uh, and also kick return. I have no idea what's going on for kick return. Katron Allen's in there one time. Nicholas Singleton's in there another time. You have Daquan Hardy in there as well. 
and it feels like none of those guys can get past the 20 or the 25. Daquan Hardy even fumbled on a kick return, took it out of the end zone, replacing Nicholas Singleton, and he fumbled. So Penn State hasn't had an answer there, and you got to get that right. I don't know if you can put Parker Washington back on kick return as well. He's been quiet on punts, but a kick return, it's just you kind of close your eyes when it gets to that point. And we'll finish with coaching. So where is the coaching? Stock up or stock down? I'm going to go stock up here because I thought Penn State put the perfect game plan together for Ohio State. James Franklin, uh, Manny Diaz, Mike Yursich called a good game. There were some questionable plays offensively, uh, but for the defense, I thought Manny Diaz was playing a lot of chess out there against Ohio State until it ultimately broke down in the fourth quarter. Uh, Mike Yursich, a little neutral on this because just the third and one, the fourth and one play calls are, are just too abstract to me. A line, a line up in an offset eye formation if you're going to go under center. Just run the football. See if you can beat the mono mono Don't try to run a spread slant with your tight end. I get it. It worked, but you shouldn't have to do that. Uh, the, the coaching was a, a much better, a bigger step up than compared to Michigan, right? They got outcoached every which way, uh, but I will go stock up here for James Franklin, Manny Diaz, and Mike Yersich. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Sake. When we come back, let's react to James Franklin's weekly press conference from yesterday. Leading up to Indiana, it was a lot of Drew Aller, a lot of Olu Fashionu, and a whole lot of nothing else. It's Locked On Nittany Lions. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Final segment today, uh, we are going to talk about James Franklin's weekly press conference leading up to Indiana. Uh, the first mention for Indiana was brief, and then it was Drew Aller right out of the gate. Uh, more follow-up questions about Drew. More Drew, Drew, Drew. Then it was Olu, Olu Fashionu, uh, and then just some other general questions, really. Uh, not much of note. Uh, there was one particular question. It was the first one that was asked, uh, other than the 90% of questions that were tailored for Drew and Olu. Uh, but the question goes, now that you have two conference losses, would you consider taking a longer look at Drew at quarterback the rest of the way? And James Franklin said, I guess, first of all, it's not a decision that I make on my own. When there are big decisions like that, I want to make sure that I'm not too close to it. So we had a pretty good conversation with Mike Yursich, obviously, talked to Manny Diaz about it, talked to Coach Ken Wisenhunt about it, talked to Danny O'Brien. So I talked to the guys that have either been a college or NFL head coach before and talked to a guy that played the position as well and got everybody's thoughts. We'll continue to evaluate it like we always do. I understand the question. I truly do. But it also comes off to me when I've got that question multiple times as if the game is really not important. Ooh. So for us, we're going to look at who gives us the best chance to be 1-0 this week and go from there. Uh, whoever that is based on this week's practice and preparation will go with. Uh, that's really kind of how it's been all year long. 
that was really one that that answer alone was uh interesting and there were a couple more uh sentences added on to that i just kind of took the main part of the quote from james franklin uh but right out of the gate first let's address the part that i stopped at where he says uh it feels like the game is not important to everyone to speak on behalf of that uh writers have deadlines they have stories and they have quotas to meet if Drew Aller and Sean Clifford is more interesting to you, the reader, the watcher, the listener, uh, then that's what people are going to write about. The scouting report against Indiana, let's be honest, this is one of the least exciting games of the season. It's it's probably the most boring game on the schedule. I would say Rutgers is right up there as well because it's an away game, but no one's going to be out there in Bloomington. Indiana's not that good. They're having struggles on defense. They don't know what quarterback they're starting. They have an open quarterback battle leading up to Penn State. Would you rather want to? Would you rather read about uh, Indiana's quarterback dilemma or Penn State's quarterback dilemma? Exactly. Okay. So I think with James Franklin's comment right there, that's just. I don't know. I think he has to remember that people have their own jobs as well. His job is to win and build a, a good football program. Uh, people, the writer's jobs are to write a good story that will appeal to the Penn State audience and report on what's most important to the program right now. Um, Drew Aller coming into the to the game. I, I again, I don't think he's going to start. I think he will come in uh, rotationally, probably later into the game. Like Sean Clifford will have the first half. They'll build a sizable lead, and then expect Drew to come in similar to Ohio. Uh, but with with Drew Aller getting experience, there's a lot of people that will die on this hill of Drew needs to start for the rest of the season, and I totally get that. You want to have him get as much experience as possible. Where was C.J. Stroud's experience? Where was Bryce Young's experience? Drake May. They all sat. All those guys who are some of the best quarterbacks in college football right now, they all sat. Yeah, they took a, a full redshirt year even as well. Like Drew's burned his redshirt. He can't redshirt. He is here this year, the following year, and then the year after that, barring anything crazy. He's going to play three years at Penn State, uh, whereas Bryce Young... And, um, and CJ Stroud, they sat and they watched and they learned for a season, unless your quarterback is the second coming of Trevor Lawrence, I don't expect freshman QBs to play all that often, or when it's a bad situation and your team has one win or two wins, that's when you'll see a freshman quarterback come in, uh, as a, as a true freshman and not somebody that has been a developmental project. And I'm pretty sure Penn state fans don't exactly want that. Uh, so James Franklin is right. This is the culture that he lives by. We put the people out there that give us the best chance to be one and oh. And right now today, a 24 year old Sean Clifford is better than an 18 year old Drew Aller. And he did comment that uh, comment on that about Sean Clifford saying that his best attribute is still his mind. It's his brain. It's how he sees the field. It's how he studies the film uh, and just how smart he is, how cerebral he is. So I, I totally understand why Sean Clifford is still the quarterback. Drew is not going to be able to make all the same checks. He's not going to be able to change the protection as well. He's basically still in a situation where he has training wheels as a quarterback. And from what I've gathered from talking to people uh, around that cover the Penn State football team, just like myself, uh, they say that Drew Aller has progressed so much in that category and that from when he started out in camp, 
he is miles ahead of where he was from that point in time. So that is good to hear. That is very good to hear for his status. Uh, so that's James Franklin's press conference in a nutshell. It was either Drew Aller or how Olu Fashionu might go into the NFL draft come next year because uh, he is a perennial top-tier tackle, uh, and it's about time people recognize that. And tomorrow's episode is a crossover. Yes, we get Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Hoosiers. It'll be a lot of fun, and we'll get to preview the other side of it. I like Penn State in this game. I'll be transparent. Uh, Indiana's just kind of in shambles right now. But don't overlook this game. This can be considered a trap game uh, based on what game Penn State's coming off of against Ohio State and where they can look ahead against a Maryland team that James Franklin has got a little bad blood with. Uh, so Indiana's right in the middle, a team that you're not exactly going to get up for. This could be considered a trap game, even though the Hoosiers are bad. We'll talk about all that more throughout the rest of the week on Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.